Hello, this is Texas Biobytes from Texas Biomed. I'm your host, Wendy Rigby. Texas Biomed is home to one of only seven national primate research centers in the country. We house more than 2,000 non-human primates, including baboons, rhesus macaques, and marmosets. Besides veterinarians and technicians, the Southwest National Primate Research Center also employs animal behaviorists. What is that profession, and what do they do to help with research? I talked to these specialists to find out. I'm Dr. Corrine Lutz. I direct the Behavioral Services Program at Southwest National Primate Research Center, and I have approximately eight people that I supervise, and each of th these eight people have different responsibilities, ranging from animal training to providing environmental enrichment to socializing the non-human primates. Why is this your passion? Oh, I've always loved animals, so um, that's an easy answer. <laughs> and what is your philosophy of animal behavior? Right now, I mainly work with captive animals, and I'd like their lives to be better because of what I do, and that's my goal. Uh, my name is Heath Neville. I am the um, lab manager for the monkey part of the behavioral services group. Do a wide variety of things, everything from fixing bicycles to attending to behavior problems with the baboons and macaques. What is an animal behaviorist? Uh, animal behaviorist, in, in the simplest terms, studies the form and function of animal behavior. We look at how the environment impacts animal behavior, how it changes over time, what influences it, how it correlates with the animal's physiology, and then apply that to animal management. So why is that important in a research setting like this? Having animals that are comfortable and, for lack of a better word, happy in their environment makes them better research models. Stress impacts an animal's physiology. It changes the animal's physiology. It in introduces a degree of variability into a sample size if an if a investigator is using those animals on a research project. So attending to an animal's psychological well-being and keep them, keeping them in as happy and comfortable in captivity as possible makes them better research subjects, but it also makes them happier and healthier animals in general. So the more normal and calm the animals are, the better the results for the scientists. Absolutely. What is your philosophy of animal behavior management? It's always the animal's well-being first. Uh, what can we do to make them um, as comfortable and stress-free as possible? And we try to apply management strategies uh, that make that happen. And when you say management strategies, what, what is that? What does that include? Well, ideally, it's getting the animals to participate in, in daily husbandry procedures or research procedures, having them participate voluntarily. You're managing these non-human primates so that they can participate in these research studies more easily. Having an animal that is participating willingly is always going to be better than having an animal that you have to force to participate. Those of us who are pet owners might say, is this kind of what we do sometimes with our own uh, pets? Dogs, teaching them how to be calm in a crate or teaching them how to go to the door when they need to go outside. Right. It's more 
training your dog to come back inside on command as opposed to running around in the yard and, and you having to go back and, and drag them in by their leash. It, it's easier for, for us uh, and it's easier for the animal in the long run. So how long have you worked here at Texas Biomed and, and what do you think is the best part about working here? I've worked at Texas Biomedical Research Institute for 17 years. The best part of the job is just getting to be around the animals, getting to be outside, getting to stretch your legs. I'm probably not supposed to ask you this, but do you have a favorite? What's your favorite species? My favorite species would have to be the chimps, and that's just because they really enjoy human contact and interaction more than the other species. So what's the career trajectory? Tell us how you got to this point. I was uh, a biomedical science undergrad at Texas A&M University, and uh, I took behavior and management of domestic animals from Dr. Ted Friend and sort of uh, fell in love with the field. Uh, I found him after I graduated and uh, pretty much harassed him into letting me be his graduate student. And uh, at the time, he had had funding on looking at uh, transport stress and abnormal behavior in circus tigers. Uh, I got the opportunity to travel all over the country with various circuses uh, studying tiger behavior. And then I got the job here and I've been here ever since. So from tigers to monkeys, that's pretty different, I would assume. The study of animal behavior doesn't differ tremendously from, from one species to the next. You have to understand your subject, you have to understand their behavior, your, your way of quantifying their behavior doesn't change, but monkeys are definitely more complex than tigers. Tigers sleep 16 hours a day and uh, monkeys are much more active and, and um, you learn from them on, on a daily basis. It, it's, it's, it's never a boring job. Dr. Lutz told me about her training. Well, I started with a bachelor's degree in biology and I went to the University of Massachusetts to continue in graduate school, but there it's where I discovered animal behavior as a field that I could actually go into. And because I was fairly new, you know, I felt like I had just discovered animal behavior as a graduate student. I took a couple years off to work in the field, and then I went on to get my PhD at the University of Washington and in the field of psychology, but my specialty is animal behavior. Do you have a favorite species? I guess it's kind of like asking a mother, do you have a favorite child? I guess if I had to pick, it would only be because I've worked with rhesus monkeys the longest. So I would say rhesus macaques, mainly because they've been part of my entire career life. And I appreciate their honesty. And that's one thing I like about non-human primates is their behavior is honest. They tell you what they think and they let you know if they like something, they let you know if they're not happy with what you're doing and you have to respect that. Heath Neville explains much of the animal behaviorist's time is spent observing the animals, recording their behavior and gathering data. Do you interact with the animals when you are observing them? Ideally, no. Uh, there is the uh, the concept of observer effect, where your your mere presence uh, alters the animal's behavior, and so any any further interaction than just trying to be still and quiet 
um, as possible when you're doing behavioral observations is going to interfere with the ultimate quality of your data if you interact with them at all and you cause them to change their behavior as a result. So do you sit near a cage and look into the cage? How does this work physically? Well, with macaques and baboons in particular, direct eye contact can be considered a threat. So one of the things that you can do to mitigate that is change your body posture, be as small and little as possible, turn yourself to the side potentially if that doesn't impact your ability to, to uh, see them. Just try to make yourself as discreet as possible and, and hopefully they, they won't attend to you at all and they'll just go about their, their business. If observation alone isn't enough, Dr. Lutz says sometimes animal behaviorists use recordings. If a person is in front of an animal and is causing that animal to change its behavior because of your presence, then we would use video recording. We can also use it in situations where we need long-term observation, so someone doesn't have to sit in front of an animal enclosure for eight hours. You can record it and then bring it back to your office and maybe fast-forward sections you don't need. While there are some public misconceptions about animals in research, Kareen Lutz and Heath Neville want to make their perspectives as animal behaviorists clear. What would you like lay people to know about animals in research and the way they're taken care of that you think they don't know? Well, people are here because they care about the animals. And that is why I'm here. That's probably why everybody is here. And I don't think people realize that um, I'm here because I want to make their lives better. And that's true with everybody here. Tell us something about monkey behavior that those of us who are not in the field might not know. They're much more complex, intelligent, and individual than a lot of people give them credit for. They will train you to do what they want you to do without you even realizing it's happened. I've been in this field for about 30 years now, and so I've been privileged to see the improvements that have been made in animal care. And um, we continually do research. We find ways to improve what we do, and it has changed dramatically from 30 years ago to today. You've been listening to Texas Biobites from Texas Biomed. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe. You can find us on most popular podcast platforms or log on to our website, txbiomed.org. Search for podcasts and then you can sign up by email. A new episode will pop up in your inbox every two weeks. At Texas Biomed, we love sharing our science. Thanks for listening. I'm Wendy Rigby.